0: Welcome to Food Safety University, episode number 33. And today we are going to dive into all those ways that you're thinking about employees and how to make all that stuff better. Grab your pen and paper and your thinking cap, guys, and listen on in. Uh Welcome to the Food Safety University podcast presented by Dr. Michelle Fannenstiel of Dirigo Food Safety. Tune in to learn about food safety and processing in plain terms. We'll break down the ins and outs of HACCP, the food code, and much, much more so that you can easily implement and manage your own food safety program and even have some fun while doing so. Hello, 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 my friends. It is time for another awesome episode of the podcast. I actually have a cat here, I should take a picture of this. I have a cat here helping me with this. And now she's going to like step on things. And I oh, don't know, it kept recording. Thank heavens. So I hope you are enjoying our leadership series on uh, that we're doing here. I decided to do this because I think that there is this year. I feel like it's this year. I think that there has been kind of an episode of people um, like really having a tough time leading and making decisions and, uh, and creating results. Like I'm just, I've got a lot of people coming to me being like, I don't know what to do. And I get it. That's why I'm here. So don't, you know, if that's you just drop me a line there folks. Um, (laughs) but I think that it's super interesting that this is happening and this is happening now um when the economy is looking like it's recovering when things are moving and maybe that's just it maybe people are like you know they've been putting decisions they've been putting off or things that they didn't have to do when the economy was a little more shut down Uh, but i think that there is a pretty good set of indications that there are a lot of people out there who are kind of afraid to make decisions And leaders make decisions. And so the rest of this series that we're doing is going to be all about making decisions. Because when you are creating results, you're going to get to your results about making decisions. You just decide what your results are. That's what we talked about last episode. And then you are going to move towards creating those, okay? That's the how. Remember, we're talking about the who, but the how is like the actions, like what you are actually doing, (laughs) okay? And I wanna emphasize that leadership is about creating decisions because the more decisions you make, the faster you will get to the results that you are looking for, Okay. I don't care what result it is that you're looking for. The more decisions you will make, the more you will learn and the more you will drive on to success. You will do it faster if you use our after action process and ask yourself after every decision, what went right? What went wrong? What are we going to do differently next time? Huh? Okay. So Today, we are specifically going to talk about employees and Leadership when it comes to the employee sector. Other topics that we're covering in this, we're going to talk about expansion because I know there are a lot of COVID dollars out there, guys. So let's talk about that. We are going to talk about so that's expanding, like physically expanding your facility. Then we're going to talk about new markets, like expanding into new markets. We are going to talk about leadership when it comes to corrective actions. We're going to talk about leadership when it comes to equipment, and then we are going to wrap up, unless I get requests for more topics, to talk about leadership about. So, okay, I love talking about leadership. It's my favorite. (laughs) Okay, we've got some really good interviews coming up about leadership, um, and what it looks like and what it means. Um, And so I am very much looking forward to um, getting those out in getting those out in front of you, because I really think that this podcast series, which is going to take us through the rest of this, uh, the rest of this quarter, uh, is has the potential to really shape your business for years to come. Okay, so now when I am talking about leadership creating results, employees and who before how what on earth am I talking about? Okay, well, you're going to want to go back and you're going to want to listen to the previous podcasts in this series, right? But if you're just like tuning in, because you just found the podcast, welcome, I love you. Uh, And if you are if you've skipped a few or whatever, you're going to go back and you're going to watch those but just tune in. Here's the deal. The short version is, is that we are always out there in our lives creating results, whether we know we're creating results or not, we can have our results because of how we are intentionally creating them, or we can have unintentional results. We all have both, it's fine, right? But leaders create the results that they want. Leaders manage their minds to create the results that they want. And the very first step, this is what I have been teaching, oh golly, for two and a half years now. (laughs) It's been two and a half years since I came up with the Proving Box. Okay, so What results are you trying to create? And who are you going to try and be, right? And then you think about how are you going to do it, right? And all of that requires leadership. It requires leading yourself, leading your employees, and leading your customers, okay? So last week, we really talked about leading yourself. And this week, we're going to dive in and what it means about leading employees, okay? Now, leading employees... um, does not mean what you think it means, um, right? Leading employees uh, is a lot different than managing them. Okay, managing employees is yes, you can have next week off or whatever you know. Yes, you can you can have the following time off. Okay, that is that's like management and. Um, I have recently recorded an episode and I may decide to post it before I do before I, I post this episode with Matt McGee, um, who is a leadership expert and he points out in that episode people want to be led. they don't want to be managed, okay? That being said, you're still going to manage competently. You are not doing your vacation and time off requests competently. That is not leadership, my friends. <laughs> okay. So I want you to think about your employees, whether you have any or whether you want them. Okay. I have one employee. He's sitting in my lap. He's 20 years old and he's food safety cat. And I wish you could see him. So... He uh, so when we think about employees, I want you to think about what results you are trying to create with your employees. Okay, do you, have you ever thought about that? Because I promise you, your employees are a means to an end. Okay, they are valuable, wonderful, excellent human beings, but they are a means to an end for your your business. Okay people don't like that. I totally get it. I totally get that people do not like when I say employees are a means to an end. I'm a CEO. I'm a means to an end, right? So it's not like I am. It's not like I'm excluding myself from this, okay? So If you think about it, your employees are a part of your business, all right, and your business exists for a lot of different reasons. I know I harp on profit a lot because if you don't have profit and cash flow, your business is not going to exist for very long. But your business also exists for you to be out there in the world creating the meaning that you want to create. That is in large part the answer to the question of who do you want to be, My business exists so that I can figure out how to more authentically be who I am in the world, right? And then I can create that for you, right? I can be out here. I can be communicating it with you. Um, So now what do I mean when I say employees are a means to an end? Well, the employment, structure, however you have it at your business, is a means to an end of executing the functions of the business. One of the things that you could think about is, is that the function, one of the functions of your business, and one of the results that you can create is creating community amongst employees. In order for that to happen, you actually got to have employees. Okay, now, not everybody wants that. Not everybody wants a community of employees. You know, you've heard David say he doesn't believe in the employees as family. And I got to agree with him because there are some deeply dysfunctional families. But that your business is a community that I am totally on board with. And you can absolutely create results within your community. You know, you heard me talk on uh, the last one of this series about my family and the results we create in my family. But a lot of those results is is we're, we're creating the family as a sustaining community, okay? I, you know, I'm still great friends with my brother. We talk every week with my mom. And I know everybody doesn't have that, but it's there because we've decided to create it as a result. So, okay. So when you look at your employees, they're human beings, first of all, okay? And they're there to do a job. And even if community is one of the results that you are trying to create with your employees, communities have functioning members. And it's really incredibly important to know that for your community to work, everybody's gotta function. You know, history is rife with communities that have broken down because of dysfunction. Business, the, the business world is rife with communities that have broken down because of, of complete dysfunction. And so when we look at employees in a food production company, what are some of the things that we want to think about when it comes to who are we going to be with our employees well you know as we talked about last time it's incredibly important to know who you are first step one figure out who you are right and who you are as a leader Right, and that was last week's episode. I, as a leader, you know, I talked about love and service and self-respect, uh, um, and the S- a little bit on S three R A F, uh, strong, smart, sexy, and rich A F. <laughs> and then, but but the other part of this, and I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on the on the podcast because I talk about leadership fairly frequently. But you know, I. I once, oh lord, two and a half, three years ago or something—I don't know—I was—I was doing a lot of writing on leadership, and I had this—I had this vision um, because there's, you know, there's this thing out in the coaching and consulting world that you got to tell people there's like this one thing, uh, right? There's this one thing that'll solve all of your problems, and I guarantee you, I have it in my marketing copy because, like, people want one thing. But here's the real truth of it. Okay, and I probably should do this better on my sales calls. But people are looking for that one thing because they want it to be easy. There is never one thing. One thing does not exist. And so there's not one thing I'm going to give you about your leadership. But I will tell you the visual that I have of my leadership because I found this so compelling and I have held on to it for a long time. And it's actually, you know, like I do vision boarding and I have, I have a visual on this. But my leadership is not, there's not one thing. I find that to be incredibly phallic imagery, and I'm like not here for that nonsense. My my leadership is instead a rug being loomed in front of me, okay? And if you think about textiles like that, they have a warp and a weft, Okay, and the warp threads are the ones that run long ways through the loom and the weft thread is the one that runs sideways through the loom, the one that goes up and down through the warp threads, okay? And so the warp of my leadership has three strengths, okay? And the first string is love. All right. I always am working to further uncover love for myself, love for the people around me. All right? And my leadership is based on love. My leadership is also based on service. How can I be best in service to my goals, to my business, to my employees, to our customers, to my family? How does where how does service look look for me, right? So this is called the servant model of leadership. Right? And then the third warp the, um, yeah, the third warp thread, okay, is unknowing, right? This is actually what allowed me to figure out the proofing box, because here's the deal, my friends. You're not always going to know. You are, this is why we talk about who before how. You are not always going to know the how, you are not. If you know the how for absolutely everything, my friend, you got an epically boring life. Uh, if you always know how you are going to do absolutely everything, yawn. Uh, I don't want to know how I'm going to do everything. Uh, now, is that my most immediate, like is that my most immediate reaction? Sure, I'm human. But dude, the fun is in figuring it out. That's kind of what entrepreneurship is. That's what running a business is. That's what running a food production line is. Is doing your level best to, to make sure that everything works the way that it's supposed to. And when it doesn't, having your own back and knowing that you can figure it out. Okay. So you don't have to know everything. So that's the, that is the, the, those are the warp threads of my leadership and what i have also come to understand is the weft of my leadership which is the you know the thread that goes up and down the weft actually changes and you'll find when you're actually looming a carpet the weft does change because that's how you get multiple colors um and so when you're looking at the weft threads there are weft threads around what results i am creating Uh, right now, that's binding my leadership together. Okay, sometimes it's creating results about money, sometimes it's creating results about time or my body or my other relationships and things like that. But you get to decide how you want to think. What you what is your visual? I'm not giving you this 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 visual because I want you to adopt mine. I want you to think about what it is for you, and I'm a particularly visual thinker. Um, and so this may come to you differently. But I'm I'm asking you as you look at how to lead employees to be open to it because. That vision is what you're going to come back to because that is who you are being as you are going out into the world and leading your employees. Because here's the dealio, my friends. Your employees are people, okay? And people will, like, people all over your product and process, Uh, okay? This is primarily why my consultancy exists, okay? And why the coaching product exists. Because uh, we are not robots. We don't generally manufacture with robots. And even if we did, those robots, programmed by people. (laughs) Okay. And it's just super important to remember that people are messy and it's okay. Remember what we talked about last time, there's nothing wrong with you. Well, guess what? There's nothing wrong with your employees either. Now, they may be behaving in a way that you don't want them to behave. They may be calling out. They may be not adhering to COVID protocols. They may not be there. I mean, how many of you are suffering from that? You'd be like, Michelle, I would love to have the problem of employees to lead. I have no employees because I cannot find any, right? But here's the deal. Your leadership starts with who are you going to be as you solve the problems that employees are bringing to you right now. Maybe your very first problem is lack of employees. Maybe you need a plant manager and you don't have one. Well, my question for you is, is who are you gonna be as you solve that problem? Because if you decide who you are going to be, if you decide you're gonna, you know, I don't know, adopt my values for this week, just for this week, guys, try and go live out love and service and self-respect, see what happens in your business, right? How, you know, when you decide to do that and ask yourself, well, I need a plant manager, what would love and service and self-respect do here? And then go do that. Like I'm telling you it is not much harder than that. Mm -hmm. I know that seems pretty super obvious, but you'd be super surprised how in the heat of the moment, it is pretty easy to forget to ask that and to say, oh my God, I need a plant manager. I have to hire like my friend's cousin, George. And then we get a plant manager. Or how about this one? You have somebody who is really good at the line, really super good at the line. They are like epic at production and they do really, really well. And then you promote them to team leader. Oh, wait, you didn't promote them to team manager. Now, did you? You promoted them to team leader, okay? And so now they're a team leader and they're not as good as that. And you just wanted them to be because maybe you don't have a leadership training program. Okay. And then all of a sudden you had a good production line worker that has been promoted to a team leader because you didn't ask yourself, what does love and service and self-respect do? Because in that instance, love and service and self-respect either figures out how to have a training program for a leader or uh, looks at the people and does not judge promotion potential based on their production volume, Uh, okay? Because... When you're looking at your employees, you got to take into account their capacity for leadership, their desire for leadership. Okay. If you happen to do, you know, like promotions, right? You got to look at their capacity and desire for doing what it is that you are asking them to do. Okay. And they come as a package. They are a means to an end, as I said, but they're a means to an end that have capacity and that they have desire. And how are you going to show up with your own capacities and desires to meet them where they are? What does that look like? That is getting to the crux of who before how in your business, okay? Once you've figured that out, You can then go do all the hows, and the hows look like writing job descriptions, figuring out who the heck is gonna be great at whatever position you are trying to fill, figuring out and writing down before you actually do the hire what SOPs they're in charge of. I cannot tell you how many times I'm like backfilling. I'm like, okay guys, go look at who you actually have and write their job description with the SOPs that they're actually responsible for. Because there, I don't, I don't like, you know, if you don't, if you don't do the thinking beforehand, then you gotta do it after the fact. And you already got a person there, okay? And it is always harder. I know you're desperate for warm bodies on that production line or in your leadership team, but I urge you to think of who before how, okay? Who do you want in a position? What qualities is that person going to bring? Because the more you hire from that spot, the more you are going to create the business that you want to build. All right. That's what we got this week, folks. I love you all. I think you are completely epic and awesome and amazing. If you have found this useful, you can get more and more and more of this as you join us. Come on into Food Safety University and take the plant management class. Learn how to do all these job descriptions. We have job descriptions in the can for you. Add your own flavor to them. That's what that looks like. All right. We'll see you next time, guys. Love you lots. Thanks for listening. Before you go, Click the subscribe button and check us out at foodsafetyuniversity.com, where we have free food safety guides waiting for you. Until next time, keep up the great work.